Hello, everybody. This is SBO Perspectives, and I'm Jack Mitchell, here along with John Bricado. That's right. And so um, this week, we love to bring new things. This being a statistic season, as they say, right, to be jolly. We're having a lot more conversations, and these discussions are great because they're more so with peers around the state. Our last episode, Friends of the Pod, was, was really, really well yeah, received. That was, that was, I mean, we had such a great time, and that's what we want. We don't, we didn't even want this to be like a job for us. This is more like just, hey, just kicking back, having folks on. So with that, we're gonna have another one of those episodes. I'll let John get into a little bit about what we're doing today. Yeah, like we had in the last episode, we had a panel of of interviewees, and you know, one of the pieces that were brought up in the interview was just getting the name out there and recognition to the profession. And the timing couldn't be better. That's exactly what Jack and I have been doing. So not only are we co-hosting a podcast, we're co-chairing an ad hoc committee of ASBO, which we've mentioned on the podcast before. The committee is the Next Generation Committee, and we've really set out to kind of look at the horizon of the profession and really gear up for a lot of retirements that are coming up soon because we just don't have the pipeline of candidates that are that are coming into the profession. So this committee was formed and today we have Casey Shepard of Frankfurt Schuler, Ruby Harris of the Grand Island Central School District and Megan Heimroth of the Rensselaer City School District. We also, on, I want to do mention, we have Sharifa Carbone on, from New Paltz that's on the committee but was unable to join us, but just really wanted to give recognition to all those folks. And we have a really great conversation yes. about what we're doing as a committee and really showcasing just our diverse backgrounds of how we got into the profession, including a little bit from, from Jack and myself. So we're really excited to bring this to you today. And here's our interview with our Next Generation Committee. Today on the podcast, we have Megan Heimroth, Ruby Harris, and Casey Shepard, all members with Jack and I on the Next Generation Committee, an ad hoc committee that we've recently formed as of last summer, really to kind of check out and really plan for the next few years of becoming a school business official. So welcome, everybody. We're so grateful to have you on today. Thank you. Good morning, ladies. Feels like it's nice and early. (laughs) First thing of the day. On a Monday morning, nonetheless. Right, right. Before, Before a Bills game. Uh, right. Yeah, Monday night football. It's gonna a be big good. Bills game. <laughs> Hope you guys win. <laughs> anyway, so um, we're glad you came on. I just want to say that, you know, you ladies are like, I mean, actually, you know, what's so funny is that Megan, I think you're the only one I didn't, I didn't, or we didn't have on the podcast. So I know like in the beginning we were talking, but Ruby, Casey, we have some really good episodes and John, we obviously been doing this for a while and you were on early in the year, but um. Just have you on. It's so funny, like how these things are flowing because we just had a a great podcast last week with friends of the show, we called it, and they were asking about the industry. And then they were like, well, you know, it's not that known. And we we know it's not that known, but what we're doing at Next Gen is we're trying to make it known and we're trying to get out there. So it's good to have you on. So folks can hear this. And I think that the end of the, end of the year and, and this month, December, it's really good to have these conversations because we're all connected. And it kind of helps us our flow too. So um, I'm happy again. So, I mean, just jumping off, would you, anybody, and this is like round table state, like why, you know, you may have um, joined an extreme committee. Jack, it's Megan. I can jump on that one. I, you know, it's, it's, it's funny that we've all stepped into this role as a school district business leader coming from different paths. And I think part of that is because growing up high school, even college, we don't really know that this position is 
out there, that this is a career that people have. I mean, I would love to go to a cocktail party and be able to say, I'm a school business official. I'm a school district business leader. And people be like, oh, wow, that's really cool. Instead of being like, what is that? Is that again, the puzzle? You do. Like, are you making this up? <laughs> so, yeah, without having to explain myself further. Uh, so eventually, I think that we can get to that point, but it's going to take some work and it's going to take groups like us, like all of the people here today on this podcast to make sure that we're disseminating the word of what a school business official does and that the position and the career exists. And, and then hopefully we'll have so many individuals available that it won't, it won't be difficult to fill these positions and a diverse group of individuals from all walks of life. Yeah. That's our charge. Anybody, Ruby, Casey, you want to speak, I guess, I mean, I think I'll just kind of second what Megan said. I think she kind of hit the nail on the head and just trying to get more people interested because there's not enough of us out there. I think every time I'm at any type of ASMO meeting, it's we need more people. We need more good quality candidates and they're just not out there. So I think bringing awareness to all that, I think is going to help build that, that group of that pool of candidates. So I I guess my, my next question would be, um, or maybe more so, could you explain kind of the work that we've done so far? I'm Jack and I have talked about it in brief on the podcast and in smaller segments, but I think it would be great for our listeners to understand from our committee members really what we've done so far and kind of what we're setting out to do in the future. So maybe Ruby, do you want to kick us off? I would say one of the things we've done is, well, the most important thing was just understanding each other. Like us understanding our own paths that we have individually taken to kind of get a full spectrum of, oh, like this is a possibility or, oh, maybe this is a targeted group outside of just talking to college students. You know, you have CPAs and auditors and John, you're a tech background. So like that's a whole different realm of how do you go from that to being a business? So just that was the first thing. And then we really scrubbed what diversity and inclusion was for us and getting a better understanding of that. We all had a couple of different thoughts or viewpoints with that. And then not only, you know, trying to develop those partnerships with surrounding schools that offer this so you can tap in at that early college level to say, hey, instead of going back to school, because I think that is what some people or a lot of people end up doing is they go back to school to pick this up. This is something you can start out with, but also just tapping into our current people, right? Like your treasurers, maybe your payroll people, just depending on what their interest is and really showing them that this is obtainable. I mean, COVID's not the best time because people look at me like when I say, why don't you become a school business official? Not right now, but (laughs) outside of COVID, it's definitely a lot more smoother uh, than what's currently uh, being presented. But yeah. And, you know, I, I want to mention too, I think, you know, Ruby, you had mentioned the, the diversity aspect. And I, and I remember one of our meetings, you brought up a really great point that I think made the committee think a little differently, where you, you said, what, is, what does diversity actually mean? And what does it mean in our context? Because I feel, you know, I'm guilty of this too. Diversity oftentimes I think is just kind of lumped into a boilerplate definition, especially right now in education, when you're talking about critical race theory, diversity, equity, inclusion, 
but I think diversity itself needs to be addressed in a very individual capacity. So, you know, you really challenged the group, I think, in that meeting to help us define what diversity means for us, because it's not just a kind of a stereotypical boilerplate for, for every scenario. So that, that was some really great work. Casey or Megan, you want to add anything to kind of what we've been working on? Yeah, I mean, we, I think having the table at the SBMW booth also gave us some access because as part of our committee, we've been working on the right materials and literature to be able to hand out to people to, to speak to this. And that was a nice opportunity to reach out to, as Ruby was saying, members of the business office, the treasurers and the payroll clerks, and have a conversation with them and maybe just having that conversation might put the idea or the thought in their head that like, oh yeah, maybe I will take the next step or then go to the next level and and potentially go back to school, whatever it takes to become a school business official. And and I know I've been working in my area and with local colleges to try to get into the classrooms. Potentially yeah. in the spring, I'll be working with Hudson Valley Community College and uh, Russell Sage to get into their capstone classes uh, so that we can talk about school business officials and and what they do and what the career actually looks like and how you get there. Yeah, I would second the, the booth was a, was a good idea and I think was successful overall. I know when I had my hours, I, I spoke to an account clerk right. at, at a district and he was really kind of interested in maybe taking the next step. So he took one of our flyers and I'm hoping he'll reach out with some follow-up questions. But yeah, that's, that's great. I'm glad you mentioned the, the SBNW booth. And sometimes that's all it takes is having the mentor to just yeah. someone to reach out to and talk to and to say, how do I actually navigate this? Casey, do you saying something? Well, I think it also gives them the outlet too. I mean, not all districts are very open. You know, they sometimes they want to keep people kind of in their little boxes and don't want them to move. So it, yeah. I think it gives those individuals a place to to reach out to us and say, how did you do it? You know, what was your background? You know, what suggestions do you have? Things like that. Right. Well. You know, I, I think that this is kind of like like really big change here. You know, when you think about it, our profession where we're in, we're we're not like necessarily in the infancy, but like we're ten years or, or less in. So we have, and we, we're all young to have this tremendous impact over the next twenty years or so. And so as it's changing, you know, and it's so funny. I'm not going to go off on a tangent here, but in my area alone, superintendents are leaving too. Yeah. Right. So the thing is, yeah. they're retiring. It's like 16 in my 16, just in 54 districts. You're talking about Nassau County. So there's going to be new in July. But how do you think we as a committee can effectuate that real change? Like, you know, in other words, what, what do you all feel that you're optimistic or most optimistic in bringing, you know, into fruition for the future of, of all SBOs. I think I I, I want to go back to kind of a little bit what Megan said about the mentoring. I think okay. because every district only has one of us, right? it's hard to find a good quality mentor that maybe has been there for a while that let's be honest, has the time because we're all crazy busy even more now with COVID and all yeah. the new grants and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. I think forming a good mentoring program for the new people or the people that are looking to become business administrators or school district business leaders or assistant superintendents, whatever it is in your district, I think, I think would be very helpful. I think that's one main goal that I think would be nice to achieve. Yeah. The the mentorship piece is huge. And I, that's something that we worked on pretty heavily at our last leadership conference in in Watkins Glen. We worked with uh, chapter leaders, 
and ASBO as a whole, the state organization to really kind of flesh out what the next level of mentorship looks like. So that's a common thread. And I know for me, when I started, I had a mentor that I worked closely and Ruby, I think you worked with him too. Dick Hitchkiss, he was amazing, a very seasoned business official. And if it were not for him, I don't know that I would be where I am today. So I think at least for me personally, the mentorship piece was, was critical. So I think standardizing that procedure at a state level is going to be huge. And then of course, regionalizing it because each mm-hmm. region of the, of the state is, 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 you know, very specific to what their needs are, but yes, I would agree. The mentorship piece is huge. So Megan, what, what about you? What are, what are you most optimistic about our work here? Getting a general word out to the industry as a whole in the education governmental sector about what we do and what it really means to be a school business official. I know last budget season went into, my superintendent and I went into the participation in government classroom and had a conversation about budget and what it means to vote and how important it is to vote and how you can affect change. And I think getting into classrooms and getting kids, children, and and college students aware of the career is is a very big first step and an important first step. Get them early. Yes, exactly. So then it sets them on the trajectory that they that will put them on the right path so that it's not overwhelming, you know, when they're already into their 20s and they're they've already done college and they've had a career and, a family, and they're like yeah. and a family and then they have to go back to school so that they can mm-hmm. get their certification and let's set them on the right path so That's that they can get the the schooling and the education that they need yeah. so that they are a little bit more settled, let's say, in their career path earlier on. And, and I think, too, hearing it from a practitioner's standpoint of how to become a school business official, at least, again, for me, was something that made a little more sense and resonated and just showed that it's not that difficult of a path in terms of schooling and everything. Because when you look on State Ed's website, no offense, State Ed, if you're listening, but it's just a little confusing to really go through the the whole process of getting certified and what yeah. degrees you need and what a state certification means versus getting your MBA and all of that. So that's that's great to hear that you know, you're getting in front of high school students to really get the word out there. Ruby, what about you? What's you being the most optimistic person I know? You have to be optimistic about what we're doing. Here. <laughs> Who's optimistic? For me personally, it's it's really just allowing kids, I call them kids because they're younger than me, and, and people in the profession to know that there's a way to impact students outside the classroom, right? I teach college level students. That is, that's the youngest I'll go, adult me and, and college. That's it. <laughs> I, I never wanted to be a classroom teacher, but when I started working um, for my first school district and I really learned the business office aspect, I understood the impact of what I did and how this helps them, but I don't have to teach them, right? I don't have to deal with like all the high school and middle school hormones that are going around with students. So just really letting them know like behind everything you got to do in school K-12 is a, a, a group really, right? We're the business official, but it's, it's a, a group that is really making sure the funds are there, the planning is done properly, and the opportunities are given to you. And 
those are big things for people, especially I feel like the generation that's coming now, everybody is into like trying to show empathy, working through your trauma. How can I help other people? So just knowing that us being able to hopefully um, start younger and put them on that path, because I think it's hard when you are a grown adult with a family to say, oh, I'm going to go back to school. Like when you're in school and you're young, you don't worry about student loan debt, right? It's just like, right, oh, I don't that? compile, I'll get the bill one day. But when you're an adult and you're running a household and you're juggling bills and how am I going to pay for things? It just, it looks daunting. So if we can touch people earlier and, you know, push them into these areas that I think a lot of people have passion for, they just don't know it. Right, right. Great you point. Know, See, that was optimistic, Jack. I, I love that was that was that was yeah you know I, I'm thinking like maybe one day you could have a movie right about the next gen like how you know I think personally the bad education movie you know was more so about the rising scandal right which affected our industry but then now if we make enact this change one day they'll make a movie about next gen what do you guys think it'd be the good education <laughs> right? I'm not there you go. more positive that's what I'm talking about yeah. it doesn't put our position in a positive light rather than a negative so that would be right nice. right you know Ruby you know you mentioned something earlier when you were speaking about just kind of our diverse backgrounds and we have a lot of listeners that aren't school business officials and listeners that are aspiring school business officials and I think it might be a good idea maybe to just give our background and how we got into the profession, because I think all of us kind of came from a different path. So maybe Megan, can you kind of give our listeners a glimpse as to how you became a school business official and what your background is? Sure, sure. I did my undergrad at SUNY Geneseo for Spanish and Business Administration, dual major. Then from there, I did my MBA at Union. While I was doing my MBA, I decided that I wanted to get my CPA license. So I was, I went to MBA that my doing my MBA, then I started taking classes at colleges in the area just to get the credits because you have to have certain courses and credits in order to qualify to sit for the exam. So I was taking additional courses so I could sit for the CPA exam. Then I went to work for an accounting firm and did auditing, of course, external auditing when I was at the accounting firm. And while I was auditing, I was introduced to someone who eventually worked for Quest Starboses. And that person needed a person in their business office. And she reached out to me and direct to see if it would be something that I would be interested in. And it was an internal auditing position at Questar. So I fell into, I always say I fell into the education sector and started doing internal auditing. And then I worked my way up from there. I uh, became a member of the business office at Questar. And then I helped initiate and begin the fixed asset inventory service that is statewide and serves close to 200 school districts now. And then became a director of financial services where I oversaw six services that were statewide, including internal auditing, GASB uh, 45 at the time it was called, and central business office functions, among other things. And then from there, I was called on to help a district in need, which was Rensselaer City School District. And I 
spent about a year assisting in the school business office functions because as my capacity as a financial services director with central business office, I had the ability and slowly I got Rensselaer City School District where they needed to be to function. And then eventually I was, I was asked to be full-time school business. Oh, awesome. You got a little bit of a preview of what you're getting yourself into. Good stuff. She's going to be on top of the world next week. You know, <laughs> she does it. Yeah. And, really nice. and Ruby, what, what about you? How did you get into the profession? So actually when I started school, I thought I was going to be a medical doctor. That didn't work out so well as I was failing <laughs> my uh, bio class. And so I had That's a funny. friend that was like, take some accounting classes with me. Math has always been easy for me to grasp. So I started taking accounting and I told my mom I was going to be an accountant. And she's like, you don't have an accountant type personality. Oh, um, and in true. some aspects, she is very correct, right? Like, could you see me sitting in an office by myself, like not engaging with people? Mm. Like I look yeah. at like OSC comes in and they're by themselves all the time. I really feel bad for them, the job they do. And I'm like, oh no, that couldn't be me. Uh-oh. Um they're coming to your district next week. They're in mine right now. She's here. She's, she's oh, here. She's oh, just, yeah, she's oh. here. That's why I mentioned it. But hope you'll listen to the podcast. <laughs> you hear that? <laughs> Tom Denapoli, Ruby has a soft heart for uh for- <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do. It's there. Oh my it's gosh. There. Um, so <laughs> once I did that switch over, I realized like I didn't, that wasn't what I wanted to do, but you know, you already got student loan debt. She just finished it out. That's really what happened. Like this is the life. <laughs> like um, I made it this far. I- Right. I started studying for the CPA and then I realized I was too young to take it because there was an age requirement. So I continued and got my MBA in accounting. And then I realized I didn't want to be a CPA. So that was a that was a flop really quick. And I started working for Niagara Falls City School District and I was their junior. And I'd love to say all I did was accounting work, but I was just young and you don't really fully comprehend civil service until people teach it to you. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I worked many things outside of my job class just because I was like young and could do it real quick. So I'd be like, here you go, here you go. But through doing that, it showed my business official at the time what my skill sets were, right? Like I was a problem solver and I was going to find the solution and we could work through this and that. And he really encouraged me to go back. So I actually had to go back to get my SDBL certification. And I, I don't know, I was in my 20s, not my 20s anymore, um, but I was in my 20s then. No. 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 Oh my gosh. And so I went back and he did the intern component with me. So that helped tremendously just being able to do it within my own district to learn a bit more. And then once I finished, I took a leap and applied for a business official position. And then, you know, I got crazy and went back for my PhD at the same time. And now I sit here in my third district. I've been here about three years as the current title and um, laughing because this is never what I would have thought I was going to do at 18 going to college. Uh, but it is. And I, then I kind of wonder, like, what am I doing next? <laughs> right. I got another 20 something years of me, but yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And then Casey, what about you? How did you get into it? So it kind of a little, a little bit like, 
like Megan's path, I did my bachelor's and my master's at St. Rose in accounting. I had a concentration in fraud accounting. So instead of the CPA route, I actually went to the certified fraud examiner. So I got my license as a certified fraud examiner to practice in the United States. After college, I went to public accounting where was right around the time when all the Roslyn stuff happened. So because I was a a certified fraud examiner, I got sent to the island a lot to do Mm. school district audits, which is where I kind of started the love for the school district. After that, I went to, I was there for a couple of years. Then I went to Cuesta Arboces as an internal auditor. When my daughter was nine months old, I went back for my certification. And Frankfurt then, where I'm at now, called and asked me to come on board. I originally said no. But then the more I thought about it, my daughter was about, (laughs) thanks, but no thanks. (laughs) My daughter was like four, almost turning four. And I knew she'd be going to school and traveling was starting to get a little much. So I came over to Frankfurt and I've been here 10 years, started as the treasurer because I was doing my internship at the same time I started in Frankfurt, which worked out great. So it was like a quote unquote paid internship. So I started as the treasurer business manager, then moved to the uh, school district business leader. And now I am the assistant superintendent for business and technology. Awesome. Awesome. And then Jack, I have to ask you, where did you come from? For real? You asking me? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're part of the next gen committee too. All right. Well, I mean, a list is kind of no, but I, I'll, I'll jump in. I mean, you know, like I never knew about school business official. And so I've been all over the place, but I always felt like, you know what? If you really want to do something and you put your mind to it, you can't like the same thing. I remember I was studying back in the days for the Series 7 and the Series 66 uh, examination, you know, before I got into private banking, I was doing that. Even before that, I was teaching high school math. I mean, just think about the differences in those two different type of occupations, you know. So, like, I just pretty much I had the Wall Street background. I also was in a classroom, high school classroom. And like, you know, once once pretty much things hit in you know eight and oh nine you know Lehman brothers and, and financial markets you know that armageddon if you will i just thought about look you know afterward it wasn't the same like the clients the, the risk appetite you know just the industry it was a little more toxic and harder to balance family i had a younger family then too and so just searching what i wanted to do i know i didn't want to stay in finance that, that much longer so I ran into, well, I was going to actually go do accounting, to be honest. And then uh, when I went to LIU, I ran to the chairperson for uh, this department, uh, education leadership. And he said, hey, you know, you got the background that like, you, you got the financial piece and you got the education piece. And to put that together, you should be, you know, looking at school business official. I said, well, what's that? And then that's what, you know, it came about SDBL. So um, at the end of the day, you know, it worked out for me and my networking really helped enhance and fast track me to where I am now. And that's you know, something we've talked about in the past, but, but cool. I guess you too. I guess you, you, you're, you're going to. I'll be brief. Uh, Cause I know we're running yeah. short on time, but I started my career. I went to school at Canisius college in Buffalo for management information mm-hmm. systems. I've always been into technology. My first job out of college, I worked at Yahoo. I don't even know if they're around anymore, but there was a data center up in the Buffalo region and a year or two after that, I became the director of technology at a local school district to Buffalo and really 
realize what the business office did. It's so much more than just accounting and finances. And it really kind of piqued my interest. And I got to know the business official there and went back to school, got my SDBL. And, you know, I got it in May of 2015 and started my first business official job in August of 2015. So it was a kind of a fast track, but it's been a career that I've really have taken a passion to and really enjoy. And obviously, you know, co-hosting the podcast with you, Jack, has just been another level to that of really kind of getting the word out there. So it's been a, it's been a wild ride, but, a, but a great profession. Well, on that note, I guess we've done, I think a really good job as far as providing what our podcast listeners, you know, and again, they come from all walks of life. They're SBOs now, they're aspiring to be SBOs, but for anybody listening, you can just see that how all the differences of what we do and makes this industry, a, well, a job, a great thing to do, number one, but you can see the shift and how, you know, we all got to sit together, be a part of this integral change. You know, I know, like I said, we've been on for a little bit, but this, these are the kind of things this is what this is all about. SPL perspectives. Each one of us provide our perspectives and it's great. And I think it will help, even if it helps one person, which probably won't help, probably help more than one person. It's going to be instrumental in their success and ours too. Yeah. So thank, thank you all for, for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure. And we're really excited to get this out to our listeners. This is a completely different perspective than what we've had before. So enjoy. Go Bills, right? Go Bills. Go Bills. Check on me tomorrow to make sure I didn't die. I hadn't <laughs> right. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thanks for listening to our interview with our Next Generation Committee. That was just another great conversation with people from all over the state that have really brought all they had to the profession and are really looking to kind of ratchet it up to the next degree and preparing for the future. Yeah, Yeah, that was really spectacular because, you know, we get a sense, sometimes I learn things too, just having these uh, discussions and conversations with peers. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, some of them are already on the podcast before, but you're still learning stuff. And I think our, our listeners will really much appreciate, you know, just their journey, their stories. And I think that uh, what we're doing is going to have a big impact and change. And, and I, I really look forward to doing that and, you know, taking the time and we're, we're committed, you know. So yeah, I think that really speaks to the, the level of involvement because we have had these some of these folks on before, but, you know, they they are willing to put themselves out there and get the word out there on the profession. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So before we um, wrap up, I, I do want to give yeah. a little shout out um, and a little preview. So Jack and I have a new mini series coming to the podcast called SBO In Demand. And what we're going to be doing with these mini series is giving districts who have anticipated or business official jobs that are posted to come on the podcast and really showcase their district. Because oftentimes you see these postings online and it's, you know, very static a lot of the job descriptions are pretty similar. But what we want to do is bring a new perspective to the job posting and really showcase these districts and their district leadership and give them an opportunity to really talk about their district and why their business official job is, you know, something Mm -hmm. that to be highly sought after. Yeah, I think that's great. I think that this series will definitely give like an inside look, right? Right. And right. think of it like on demand. Think of like HBO Max, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> you go out, you catch up on it anytime you like. And another development recently, Jack, that I think you and I are both super proud of is that, oh, yeah, yeah, the SBO Perspectives podcast was recently ranked the number one public education number podcast one. by Feedspot. And this is nationwide. They actually number they one, had baby. A That's right. On there from Australia, so I don't know the entire demographic, but they reached out to us wow. last week just to give us a heads up. So we've tweeted out the 
the link. We'll make sure to put a link on our website, but I, I cannot thank our listeners enough to, for the support. Yes. This is this is amazing. I can't believe this is actually happening. For providing this content, for just the recognition. We love you so much more. And so we thank you again. Yes. And so and, we look and forward to more accolades in the future as well as you know john and i we're, we're pushing this in 2022 so yeah and thank you enjoy. thank you feedspot for the recognition we'll make sure to yes. put a link to everything in our in our website thank you so for for all you listeners not to really appreciate you you know you guys all john and i we love you and this month we're staying in the july season and we're getting yep. back so thanks for listening guys yeah thanks everyone we'll see you next week mm-hmm.